Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I am Stuart Roberts and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago. I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, welcome to Hear Me, See Me podcast. And today I've got uh, an amazing woman that I spoke earlier this week to the lovely Jodie Keegan. And this is a sort of partner in crime, but in a, not in a good, you know, but in a good way. Um, and she's a wonderful woman and she's going to tell us um, about herself and the, the great work that they do. Um, Suzanne Rushton. H- Hello, Suzanne. Hiya. Hiya. How are you doing? I'm fine today, thank you. <laughs> a little bit nervous. It's my first podcast. Oh, right. You really don't have to be nervous. <laughs> You're in safe hands. Okay. If you, if you can, I mean, obviously, like, before you went into this work, obviously, like, you, you, you had to part of this in your life. So if you don't mind telling us a, a bit what's okay for you to talk to us about, if you can tell us about that and then go on to tell us about, the, you know, the work you do with Jodie. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, I've always considered myself a very confident, successful businesswoman. Um, I would never put up with uh, any kind of, you know, controlling traits of anybody. However, um, over a year ago, I found myself in an extremely controlling relationship. Um, which eventually led to me losing a lot of money and um, I had my hands damaged. So I have a massive scar on one hand and a thumb that I can't use anymore, which has been operated on. So uh, when all that happened, when I finally sort of, you know, separated from him and found the priest to leave, I kind of, you know, doubted myself why I'd been in such a, a controlling relationship. So... I kind of studied sociopathic and psychopathic behaviour purely for my own sanity and my own mind to give an explanation to myself. I find it extremely interesting. Um, that's when I met Jodie Keegan's and, and kind of the story goes on from there. Yeah. I can't speak about my um, no. story yet. I oh, know. It's yeah. actually going to, um, it's going to court through a massive battle over a year, which I've stuck by. Yeah. And I hope other people who do find the courage to um, leave and if they do press charges that they never give up and never let it get pushed under a carpet because that's what I've not done and it's and it's eventually paying off. Fantastic. It is and that's that gives so much hope to people because some people think that it's not worth reporting, don't they? Yeah, a, I think yeah. a lot of people think domestic abuse is physical. It's not mm. um coercive control now is a criminal offence and has been from two thousand fifteen. Um, it is sort of, you know, being taken more serious now, and uh, the police are being trained on it. So, um, 
you know, there's a, a lot of police that will kind of be very understanding and close to control, which can be very mentally draining. Um, and, and, you know, I know it's different to physical, but it still sort of can destroy your life. Yeah, of course. And so often it can lead on because it's that, uh, hasn't got that, that far yet. Yeah, and it affects the people around you as well, you know, yeah. your family, things like that. It sort of, you know, puts a strain on, on them people. Um, during that process, you could probably lose your job, lose your friends, um, you know, lose respect from your family members, you know, because you've stayed with this person for so long. Because mm. um, I, I kind of got a little bit of that from my son. He couldn't understand why I was in such a, a horrendous relationship. But um, it's, it's, it's easy for someone to say, the main question what people say is, why didn't you just leave? Why didn't you mm. just go? Why did you put up with that? That is the massive question what everyone asks. But until someone's experienced it, they just have no understanding what it's actually like because that person could be living in fear, wanting to protect their home, their business. I mean, mine was my business, yeah. um, their family. Um, or they may just be embarrassed or just living in fear. So it's not easy just to walk away. No, of course, and that's that's the thing. It it's so easy for people to say that, and you know, until you've been through it. I mean, I've not been through it personally, but I've been through it with um, a family member, and um, you know, and, and I now know how deep they get into someone's mind and to yeah. the point where that's not your family member anymore. No. You're, the, you're hearing them talk. You're hearing their. You're seeing their actions because they're yeah. so ingrained into their mind that mm. they can't think or act for themselves. I've it's very it. difficult for people on the outside, like friends. Yeah. And when I was going through it, I'd gone from you know, sort of you know, really taking care of my parents and things like that. I look back at pictures of when I first met my ex-partner and how I was when I left him and back to who I was now, who I was then. I looked unrecognisable. I looked yeah. like at age 10 years. I looked so drawn, so thin. Um, mm. I was shocked when I looked back at pictures of how I was becoming because that's how he made me feel. Yeah. But, um, so it's, it's, it's hard for people, you know, looking to see that you are destroying your life because of a person. It is hard. For different reasons, yeah. Mm. So. And, and I think, it, uh, you know, I'll be, I'm always as honest as I can ever be, and, and I've said that stuff in the past. Before it happened to someone close to me, I've, I've said that stuff, you know, what, what on earth are you doing? Why don't you leave them? I've, I've said those stuff, you know, because I didn't have no understanding of it. And then yeah. I've I have myself seen someone change, you know, as you said. Um Physical change is incredible, you know that. Yeah, and it's a belly to area because uh, obviously the victim that's experiencing it, yeah. you know, starts to lose their confidence, they get depressed. Yeah. So if you kind of say something like that, um, you can really push them over the edge. So you've got to be so so careful in what yeah. you do say to someone who's mm. a victim of domestic abuse because um, their mindset is they're not as confident, they're emotional, they're frightened. So mm. you, you know, it's it, it's such a, a delicate area. And it's difficult because you, you're, I mean, I've never met you because of these circumstances. I've never actually met you before. We've yeah. spoken, but I've even the, the the conversation we've had. I can tell you're a strong, independent woman. Yeah, very. I could just well, tell it. I could, you know, I can hear it. So it's, yeah. it's it must be hard for people who knew you 
to then see it that was. change. Uh, my friends were my friends were really really worried because I didn't mm. look the same. I didn't um, call them anymore. Um, they didn't hear from me. I didn't go out on any uh, you know outings with you know my girlfriends or my mm. family. But at that time, I didn't know that he'd blocked a lot of my friends in my phone. Yeah. But he were always, you know, borrowing my phone. But what he'd done is going to my contact and he was blocking everyone so they couldn't even contact me. So when they rang, they just thought I was busy. Right, and so you and you blocked. think, oh, I've not heard from them for a while. They're not bothering with me. Yes, they did. You didn't know they were blocked. Yeah, then he said, oh, they don't bother with you because they don't really like you. They're two-faced, you know. And, yeah. And, he's huh. saying, and that, it kind of just used to make things up that people didn't really like me. Oh, That's why they weren't yeah. calling me. Mm. But um, it's kind of, you know, a year on... Um, I kind of realise all that now, and there were all my friends are saying, oh, you know, we, we were just helpless. We could see what was happening, but you wouldn't listen. Customers yeah. in my business stopped coming because they said it just was heartbreaking seeing how much you was, you know, going down. Yeah. But um, luckily, I've, I've sort of picked my business up, but I'm actually selling my business because of it, because the whole building, like I live in a massive building, apartment, a business, um, it just killed it for me. It has it's too many bad memories. Mentally, yeah. It's just not your baby anymore. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. wanted to go back into lecturing, so obviously um, I've actually made a new business from um, being a, a survivor. And yeah. I want to try and help as many people as I can or try and raise some awareness to prevent it. You know, when, when we take the conference into college, we kind yeah. of want to make people aware, you know, that um, coercive control uh, you know, and domestic abuse is wrong. So they recognise it either in themselves or in their family, because it's not always in a relationship. It could be family member. You know, it could yeah. even be sister to sister. They've brought this new thing out called uh, the Cinderella thing now, which is basically, you know, sister, sister and sisters, or it can be, yeah. it can be anybody, you know, not just relationship. So we want to bring so, that awareness and help people recognise it. So you, you've, you've like healed yourself through knowledge. Yeah. That that was your hey, because people do it in different ways, but yours was gaining knowledge, gaining understanding and then being able to use it. It was yeah. Well Jodie Keegan, this is when I met her, she rang me from she used to work volunteer for a domestic abuse service. Right. Um I mean she did the podcast on Monday, uh, her ex husband got an eight year prison sentence because it was so horrendous. And yeah, then she rang yeah. me to do what they call a DASH, which is a risk assessment questionnaire, which mine was a high-risk one. Right. And um, I didn't want someone to phone me up every week and counsel me. I didn't feel I needed that. I wanted to do it on my own. I felt yeah. it um, personally. Someone ringing me up and saying, is everything okay today? Yeah. Right. I, might, yeah. I might have been having a good day that day. And then someone ringing me and reminds me that I've got this yeah. scar on my hand and I'm having to have an operation and... I'm yep. mentally drained. So I just said it's not really what I want. So I got yep. talking to Jodie, and she's a very upbeat person. She's an yep. extremely <laughs> courageous survivor. Yeah. But I've got a lot of admiration for her. And um, we just became friends. So instead of her ringing me up, um, you know, to do this whatever counselling they was doing, because they're just survivors who volunteer, yeah. Me being a businesswoman, got to know her. I just said, do you get paid for doing your work? And she said, no. And wow. she had three children. She went bankrupt when she, uh, you know, uh, when she had yeah. all the abuse and her husband went to prison. And uh, I kind of thought, this is wrong. She's doing all this hard work. But she needs yeah. some money for her children. So I kind of, you know, using my little business mindset, 
why don't we work together? I've got a really good idea. And that's kind of when the business started. So we yeah. started having meetings every week, talking about experiences, people that we know. And, and to cut a long story short, we've got interest. We, we are in touch with the superintendents, with the police, uh, with doctors in criminology, um, with colleges. So a lot of people are, you know, coming on board and supporting what we're doing. Um, and obviously we're doing a podcast today with you. Yeah. Which I, I really hope is going to lead to other stuff. Yeah. I've already got people interested because um, it's such a, a, it's a positive message. That's yeah. the thing. You know, we, we need to, we need stories like Jodie's story and your story, but we need a solution. I always, I, I love solutions. So yeah. don't, don't just give me one part, give me the solution. And you've yeah. got that, you know, which is, I think is, the, you know, a fantastic one is the colleges and the schools because it's prevention. Exactly. Getting it into yeah. a young mind, you know, like this is this is a healthy relationship. This isn't healthy, so you know that at a young age, so you can you're aware when it starts to for you. Education is yeah. everything, isn't it? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, we did we did do one at uh, college for eighty students um, because yeah. I have I have written some scripts to do advertisements to raise awareness. One yeah. basically is called domestic abuse is without prejudice, meaning it can happen to anyone. And the other one is don't ignore domestic abuse. And I kind of had an idea to, I uh, said, wouldn't it be great if we could write some mini scripts, like little mini film shots to put into yeah. our courses to make it more interesting. So I contacted uh, Doncaster College and um, we did uh, a big talk to all the script writers, producers, actors, and 75% of them wanted to come on board, uh, which was all supposed to be completed this June, but obviously because of the coronavirus, everything's on hold. Yeah but we'll be picking up as soon as everything gets back to normal. Yeah. And we could see when we were doing the talk that we were hitting, you know, nerves. You could see in some of the students' faces, oh, my gosh, they're going through something. So when that happens, we always state that if anyone wants to leave at any time, because Jodie's story is quite raw, we don't mm. do um, Disney stories. We do the real thing mm. because we don't want it to think that, you know, someone just gets a smack around the face and that's it. It's a lot more horrendous than that in some situations. Yeah. And when we see it hits a nerve, we always make sure that we kind of try and bring it back around saying that everything hits you, it's the perpetrator that's manipulating you. It's not you. It's not your mind. You're not, you know, imagining it. You're not, not self-worthy of yourself. So we do kind of really stipulate that, you know, because we don't want to knock someone's confidence. You um, said to me earlier... Um, because I love the fact you've broken it down, haven't you? Like the, I have, yeah. The I've characteristics. Phases, yeah. yeah. Which I think is valuable for people. Yeah. Can you explain yeah. to us what those phases are for yeah, people to recognise? Yeah. It, well, it can even happen like a whirlwind romance, but it's so quick you don't notice the signs, which was my case. Yeah. Or it's split fed little by little over time, and you're led to believe it's normal and acceptable. Like in Jodie's case, she was married for years. She just thought it was acceptable to be controlled in that way. Yeah. Kind of the, the, I have put it down into phases, 12 phases. Yeah. Um, the phase one is, is how they charm you, which I know most relationships, you know, it, uh, they're charming. You think you've yeah. met the perfect match. So they appear to be either part, partner. They show extreme interest in you and your life. They charm you and others around you to make their cap that they absolutely idolize you. They cleverly hide their sociopathic tendencies. Uh, they make sure they meet expectations and more. So you think, oh my gosh, you know, I've met the perfect partner who's even yeah. helping me. Yeah. 
Um, they constantly stipulate that they would never lie, never cheat, steal or hurt anyone. This is usually the total opposite of who they really are. Right. Um, they seem to have no trace on Facebook, um, you know, or you never really meet their friends or their family because they're trying to hide the person who they are. I mean, in my case, um, my partner has uh, been abusive from being 18 and he was 47. And I've found cases of um, not being logged of his abuse, but no one would ever dare press charges. So going back to, like, the Claire's Law, which a lot of people, you know, are just sort of, you know, aware of, it's, it's a really good thing. But as there no been no charges pressed, there's no record. Right. So you can't always, you know, go by things like that as well. You kind of just have to use your own, um, you, you, you sort of own, not intelligence, but just look for signs, which is what I'm trying to sort of, you know, um, yeah. tell people. Because this sign is hard to spot because it's just someone being charming, isn't it? That's the thing. Exactly. It's a difficult one to spot at this stage. Yeah, but you swept up your feet. But the kind of, if I looked back, yeah. within four weeks, I look back and the signs were there. Because after four weeks, I thought, this is not for me. And all it was is I spoke to someone in a bar and I just commented on uh, how lovely the Christmas decorations were while he'd gone to uh, the gents. Yeah. And when he came back, he said, why are you talking to that man? And he was just at home at the bar. I just said, oh, your decorations look great. You know, just oh, right. face from while yeah. I was waiting. Yeah. And uh, he says he's not interested in you. He doesn't want to know that you, because you, I have a bar. He doesn't want to know you've got a bar. He's not interested in what you, what you think about his Christmas decorations. And I thought, oh, I don't know, it's a, bit, a little bit too much. Yeah, he let his mask uh, slip. Yeah, so I kind yeah. of thought, I, I don't really feel comfortable. But um, I think it might have been about, probably two months into the relationship to be quite honest and then she kind of swept me off my feet and I kind of felt uncomfortable and when I look back I should have left then I wanted to leave and I should have done but he convinced me that it was because he'd had a drink and he's so sorry it won't happen again and um and that's it I just kind of carried on which we all sort of you know give people a second chance especially if they've been charming and they've made it seem that um you don't want to let this one go that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? It's that that's where the they're building their foundation is that um you're willing to, to overlook something because it, everything the whole rest of the package is so great, you know, that yeah. creating. Yeah. Well they sort of make out that you know, you they've been looking for someone like you all their life. They're yeah. feeling them very quick. They try yeah. to um move in with you so quickly. Um, you know, you you kinda of get all this thing, Oh my gosh, it's like a whirlwind romance. Yeah. But um they're clever at doing that. I mean, mm. very, the phase two is about manipulation, how they mm. kind of manipulate people. Um, they make they make you believe that you're not complete without them and you can't cope without them. They convince you that others don't like you, that they're two-faced and they're false and they isolate you from your friends. Um, they accuse you... Um, they accuse you of, you know, uh, that you're betraying them if you go out with other people, talk to other people, that you've been disrespectful to uh, your relationship. Yeah. Um, I've sort of said about lies. Uh, they, they make stories about their past to gain sympathy, that they've had a bad childhood, um, you know, and it's, it's created problems if they kind of have little mishaps. So when they manipulate right. them, they, they then become in control, which is phase three. But um, the main thing is that the masters of deceit, the compulsive liars, the professional con men, they have multiple personalities and this is how they get very controlling over, over your situation, your relationship.
Yeah, I think someone, Boris, someone would say, how, how, how do you let them control you so easily? Yeah, it, well, it's just because they convince you that um, yeah. you, 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 you don't do things correctly or they're better at doing something, but not to make you feel that you're inadequate, but they want to help you be better. Mm. So they kind of try to make out that they're taking a burden off you rather than taking control. And we all want someone to help us. So, you know, from a female perspective, I just think, oh, that's great. I've got someone who's helping me, especially because I was in this nursing busy. So, and, you know, even just in a normal situation, everybody wants someone to maybe help them with the shopping or or just have company. So you end up falling into that trap of control. Yeah. My phase four is isolation. A lot of people say, how do they isolate you very, very easily? Um, one, what I spoke about earlier, what, what happened to me is, is they do manage to get hold of your phone, rise it wider, yeah. let me borrow it, let me, let me update it for you. But what they're doing yeah. is blocking friends. My ex-partner even used to answer messages and emails as though it was me saying, oh, I can't make it. And I never even knew. Then he used to delete the message. So I never even knew that I'd even said I can't make it. Yeah. Um, the kind of, uh, they'll give you, they don't want you to go shopping on your own because I can help you carry the bags or it's something that I like to do with you. But all it is is to stop you from going out on your own and maybe even chatting someone or, you know, meeting someone or arranging to go with someone. Um, yeah. I had a few times, um, he accidentally took my car keys when I'd arranged to go out with friends so I couldn't go. Um, or it's, you know, accidentally take the house keys so I couldn't lock my house up so I couldn't go out. Mm. which was all, you know, I'm so sorry, but the things that, are, you know, they do do on purpose to have control. Mm. Um, if you arrange to go out, they might just say, oh, I've booked a surprise for you. You know, I've spent a lot of money on it. I want to surprise you, so you have to cancel your, you know, your, your plans um, because mm. obviously they make you feel guilty that they've arranged something. So we do it in lots of different ways, isolation. And that's, it's crucial, I think, because there may be someone who listens to this. Yeah, oh my gosh, they do that yeah. quite often, yeah. But, and um, you said about them using your, sorry. Yeah, you it's slowly making you lose uh, contact with your friends and family, yeah. so you basically think that they're the only person that's your company. I and mean, my face, sorry. It's, it's just, it's just, it's, just it, it, it's mind-blowing. It's, it, it's uncomfortable. I, I remember, um, you know, like getting a text from someone that, that, and I know it wasn't them. It was their, It was from their phone. It was as them. But you know, there's just something not quite as someone speaks. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you, and you sort of know you can't. You, can, you, you, you can't. It's not enough to to, to act on it. So there's just this yeah. thinking, thinking that that's not that's not them talking to me. You know. Yeah. I, know, exactly. I, I suspect that's happened a lot. You know, from from when he's messaging people for you. Well, so much of me more so in my business, because um, obviously I run a wine bar and bistro bar restaurant. Right. Um, so obviously, because it's my bar, I've, I've made a lot of, you know, you, you're very social, you know, I've been front yeah. of the house. When I was with him, eventually, I am a chef as well. I ended up being the chef in the kitchen all the time because he said I shouldn't come out. So he would manage the bar. But what he was actually doing was my money never added up. Money was going missing. Um, he was being rude to my customers. So... Um, my customer, customer base was getting less and less and less till eventually just said, I don't know why you don't just close. So um, I kind of was really worried about my business at that time, not realizing what was really happening yeah. and tried to convince me to sell my business. And um, 
set him up in business and even asked me if I would buy a car in my name and he would pay me the money, which I would never have seen. No. So luckily I didn't, I didn't sort of, you know, go that, go that far with it because uh, he became violent. So, which is, is often what happens, you know, when, yeah. when, they're, when they're in control, they're all happy, everything's great. Yeah. Um, but when they start losing control, they, they, they change their traits. So they yeah. kind of, you know, they become a, they may become a victim. So all of a sudden, um, you know, you, you start to feel sorry for them. They develop a fictional illness. They, they sort of threaten suicide because they're not in control anymore, which, which I had. They blame other people or their past, uh, medication, alcohol, um, work, family, money. Um, so you're left feeling sorry for them, wanting to help, feeling guilty, feeling trapped. So you kind of, um, you kind of pacify, you know, yeah. uh, their behavior at that stage. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you start to question them, which, which I often did, you know, why are you like this? He just used to come out with lots of excuses. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't see it. It was someone else's fault. It didn't really happen. Uh, you, you're just making it up. That's not true. And they believe their own stories and lies. Yeah, I think they, they, they don't know the, the truth and the false in the end. Yeah, you know, that's the thing with liars, isn't it? They end up losing like any idea of reality. Exactly. They think they can convince anyone um, and they'll change their story, you know, even even though it's a lie, but they think it's the truth in their own mind. Yeah. Um, kind of because, you know, and when you do finally think, you know, I, I, I kind of, you want to put an end to it, you know, before it gets too bad, because you can see you need to get out. You just get the most ridiculous sympathy tactics, like, give me one last chance, I'll never do it again, just one more chance, I promise yeah. I'll never do it again. I'm a broken man without you. They'll cry for hours on end. Um, yeah. I'd rather be dead without you. Please try and understand me. I'll go for counselling. You know, you kind of, you, you get all these excuses, so they want you to feel sorry for them. So all you mm. want to do is try and help them. Mm. But when, when that doesn't work, that's when another phase process comes in, which is their threatening tactics, um, right. which is, is sort of to the latter end when violence starts coming in. But, yeah. I mean, even during the process, when, when it all gets to these stages, they'll start coming out with insults, insulting you, you know, making you out that, you know, good for nobody, no one else will never look at you. So they kind of completely destroy your confidence. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's beating you down, isn't it? Bit by bit, breaking you down. Yeah. Exactly. It's the only way they can control is by breaking you down bit by bit yeah. by bit and your confidence and... Because, because, and yeah, and they yeah. they kind of go back to a world none of your friends ever phone you, you know. So that just shows no one really likes you. And like with yeah. me, look, no customers come in because they don't like you, you know. Yeah. But I had a successful business before I met him, and then it kind of just drained. Luckily, I, I pulled it back, but um, yeah, it was uh, a, 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 you know a long time before I did that. Um, well, the damage, the damage is there, isn't it? I mean, it's hard to repair damage, isn't it? Once it's been inflicted like you know even especially with a business because people they vote with their feet don't they in the end you know i know uh, i don't uh, i mean not i i appreciate you know not i'm i'm a i consider myself a very strong-minded one but i still ended up in in a, a relationship like that 
um, I kind of really do feel, you know, that people maybe aren't so strong-minded. Maybe they've got more responsibility of young children, yeah. you know, or they may have a child that's got, you know, some, you know, who need, needs them more for some reason. You know, they've got kind of special needs and like autism or something. So they might have a different lifestyle to me. Yeah. So they've got a lot more to deal with mentally, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of very difficult for them. So a perpetrator will play more on that. Of course, it, they'll they'll always find a chink in the armour, won't they? They'll always yeah. find that you know where they can wheedle in, um, yeah. and it, it's recognising that behaviour. I think um, one bit of advice is, is you know just kind of be careful in an early relationship, not to give too much about um, you know. Uh, I mean, they even have a way of financially uh, uh, being abusive. You know, yeah. I kind of got convinced, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll find a way to get into your emails. Oh, I'll send that email for you. But actually, they're getting all your information. Oh, yeah. I'll go shopping, can I have your bank card? They know your PIN number. They get yeah. your bank details. I mean, without going to my story, it happened to me horrendously. Whereas I, if I did not, kept thinking something's not right here in that aspect, I yeah. probably would have had nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I would have lost my business and everything. Yeah. But, um... What happens and people do. That's the thing. Yeah. You you manage not to, but yeah. there are people who have who have have done that and have lost everything, aren't there? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it happens so many times. Yeah. But um, once you start with the threatening tactics, this is why it's very hard to, you know, for someone to leave when people say, "Well, why didn't you just leave?" Because when you try to leave someone with these traits, they will start their threatening tactics. So yeah. they'll they'll make you believe you can't cope without them. Uh, they'll. they'll They'll say that they'll ruin your life. Um, with me, I will destroy your business. Or they might even find some information, what they feel they can blackmail you with, say with the children. So I will talk you to the social services tax man. Or even yeah. I'll just destroy your reputation as a person. Yeah. Um, I'll take the children away. They may even threaten or uh, harm the pets, which has happened in Jodie's case, and sort of state, this is what yeah. I will do to you if you leave me. Um, our harm, uh, take things away that mean a lot to you, or e- even they'll even threaten to kill you. Yeah, or those you love. Yeah. Mm. So uh, you, you kind of, you know, they're left living in fear. Um, they may, they may even, even in one of the phases, it's about sexual abuse, which I kind of only liked in a little bit. They may have uh, took some pictures of you, made you do things that you, you're not comfortable doing. But um, they may have photographed you, videoed you, so they can mm. use it against you, um, you know, in future as, as a blackmail, which yeah. happens a lot also. Yeah. It, it's, it's anything, isn't it? Anything they can, it's, it's almost like they gather weapons to use against you. Yeah, of course they do, uh, yeah. That people, a rational person wouldn't. Yeah. It's very hard, you know, for a victim to decide when it's a safe time to leave. Mm. Um and I've kind of put, like, what point do we eventually realise and seek help? I just think it's when you've, you've got to the stage that it, maybe violence is coming in or yeah. you're going to lose everything or, or you can see that your children may be suffering or, you know, your family. Um, yeah. I mean, in some situations, you know, a victim might have left it too late because there is a lot of fatalities of death in domestic yeah. abuse, which we don't hear about a lot of it, but um, it's a massive it's not an epidemic, it's a pandemic, it happens all over the world. Yeah. Um, but the perpetrator still even thinks that even when it's reported that they can sort of, you know, outsmart the police, the courts, cast cats, 
because they just think that, I mean, eventually it catches up with them. But um, sometimes they do actually even convince uh, the professional bodies that are investigating them that, you know, they kind of done nothing wrong. Well, it's, it's, it's that psychotic, narcissistic personality, isn't it? That, that yeah. In their head, they have done no wrong. Well, they, they they're justified, they've self-justified everything. So they literally think everything's, uh, everything's okay for them to do. Even the yeah. most horrific things. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, well, they made me do it, they drove me to it, and all that stuff. And it's like, exactly, you know, yeah. a normal, or rational person like wouldn't, wouldn't A, do it in the first place, or B, even think that it's okay. You know, yeah. it, it, you're not dealing with a, a, a straightforward personality, are you? That's the, the no. difficulty. No, it's only, the only thing is when it gets to the time of investigation, obviously, you know, ev- everyone, you know, needs to have some kind of evidence-based information. So yeah. all I can say is someone is in that situation, you know, try to screenshot messages, you know, um, obviously at that time, make sure that you've changed the code on your phone so they can't get it. Screenshot any messages if you have left them and they're threatening you, you know, so you, so you can show the police when you do finally report it. Yeah. Um, photographs, I mean, you know, I have kind of lots of things like that, but just can't collect evidence. But the thing is, if you're still with them, um, you have to do it so they don't find out or then they're not aware of it because it could put yeah. you in danger as well. I mean, That's like with, with what's going on at the moment um, with the coronavirus, we yeah. have questions after how do you think it's affected domestic abuse? Well, it's obviously been reported on the TV and things that it's risen 30% worldwide. But yeah, I've spoken to, you know, some police officers and they said, but the reports are less. So why do you think this is? And me and Jodie came up with, because anyone being in that environment ourselves, what would we do? And most people who are in a domestic violence relationship will be not walking on eggshell, they'll be walking on glass. So we right. being very careful not to... Uh, just agree with them, not to sort of because one thing, if they got injured, they've got to go to a hospital. No one wants to go to hospital at this time with an injury because they might, you know, they don't want to go near the hospital because of coronavirus and because the hospitals need, need the hospitals purely for that. So they're going to kind of just be very careful on how they are with their, you know, their sort of perpetrator partner. Hmm. It's almost like they're trapped now. Yeah. You know, the, the no, lockdown has trapped them into a very dangerous situation. There's no danger outside as well as inside. It's exactly, a horrendous yeah. position for someone to be in at the moment. It's, it's, exactly. It no one's going to hear because, I mean, my, my village now is like a ghost town, you know, living at a small village. There's not anybody, any passers-by that can hear anyone screaming or shouting help because no one's about. So it, is, it has kind of put people, victims in more danger. Yeah. But um, it's even when people you know, do report it, it's how you're left after that, so, you know, the feelings you're left behind, if you're, you're embarrassed, you feel humiliated, you have no yeah. confidence, you feel that you've got no self-worth and respect, you doubt mm. if you're capable of doing anything anymore, you may be financially crucified, you know, so it's kind of, it leaves you with all, all sort of, all those doubts and, and feelings, you know, afterwards. This what I mean. I couldn't get over. I mean, a I couldn't. I couldn't get over Jodie's story. You know, it was so brutal, and she showed so much bravery as as a view. Um, but it was that financial thing that they end up being punished. You know, that it's almost like the perpetrator is. You know, the debt's written off because they can't get nothing from them, so they go to the they go to the survivor. 
Yeah. You know, there's well, something wrong in that. There needs, it needs to be addressed, doesn't it? You know, like... Yeah. So you've been for all of that, and then you get financially punished. Yeah, and even now, hers is, you know, um, a few years on, she's still had... Um, she's still been told that a car's been taken off her now. Yeah. So her children, so she lives with her parents right now because she had to declare bankrupt. And But then after, she's doing all this which is what I didn't agree when I first met her. She's doing all this good work to help other victims yeah. and survivors, you yeah. know, to give them, you know, I mean, we're not counsellors, we don't portray to be, we're just talking no. about real-life experiences, which we have knowledge on. Um, yeah. So we can always answer questions based on what we've been through and other people we've spoken to. Um, but like with, with Jodie, she's done work for, I know she's done it for charities, and it's, but she's done so much work and never got paid for nothing. And this no. is why I thought all the work she's doing, she needs to earn money because she has a family to look after. Of course, and that's the thing. It's, um, you know, like, it, it, I, I did speak to her about that myself. Um, I, I, I said to her, you know, it, it's to, to carry on doing the work, you're going to, you know, you are going to need, everyone needs to be paid at some point, you know, uh, just, to, just to cover your basic living costs. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's, it's nothing wrong with that. I, I you know, because it, 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 you know, it will enable her to take the message further, and it's such a strong message and such a crucial message. Yeah, um, I think there's lots of people, you know, and, yeah. and also, you know, it, it, it can happen to any age, you know, from 16 to sort of, you know, you know, the latter end of life. You know, people just think it's just a, you know, an average age, you know, but um, it's not. Oh, it can happen to anyone, any walk of life, um, any gender. As you said, it's it's it. It doesn't um, it, it doesn't specialise, is it? it? It could be anyone. Anyone yeah. can go through this in any relationship, you know. Even I mean, that, you know, that's parents main, and children, or you exactly. Know. That's that's the main thing that we are stipulating within our training. You know, yeah. we, we're, although we're speaking from a woman's mind, from a, a woman's experience. We do, we do make a, a big, we do highlights that, you know, um, we are speaking for everybody. Yeah. Well, she shocked me because uh, when she said to me that, that it's one in four women, which I wasn't overly shocked, uh, affected by some sort of coercive behaviour, but she said one in six men. Now, that's, to me, that was quite a high figure, you know, yeah. a high percentage. Yeah. Um, but then, a lot of people get reports as well. No, and, and and then there's that that thing of not being able to, yeah, because a man's supposed to be able to take care of himself. And I've, you know, I've, it's, it's just, it, it, it beggars belief. And this is why it's all, but it's all about, it's all about education. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's an uncut, it makes people uncomfortable. It's hard to listen to, you know, like, it, 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 Jody, I, you know, keep going back to show, but like, that was very, very difficult to listen to, you know, particularly because it struck chords with me from a personal level with people I love. So, you know, but that mustn't stop people from taking notice of this and, and addressing it and educating about it. Exactly. You know, which is what your next thing is, isn't it? You know? Her daughter was five-year-old and she told the teacher that, you know, daddy's hurting mum obviously with yeah. on the interview. So I yeah. think education in schools for the teachers to uh, recognise 
um, situation, which I know they do do a lot of training on that, but I do think it's needed a lot more in in lots of businesses, even in, you know, officers in in any workplace, because it might be a work colleague that's going through, that's coming in, looking a little bit different, you know, a bit drained, um, you know, bruises or some kind of, you know, sign that they're actually in an abusive relationship. So I do think it's good, you know, even in any kind of business that, you know, they're aware of it and, and they know where to go to seek, you know, advice and help. So when when we get out of lockdown, you've got lots of plans then for where yeah, you want to have, take this. Yeah, we, we're launching the business in September. Um, right. We'll be doing that at Doncaster College. So we're going to be inviting, um, you know, the police, um, judges, the NHS, any kind of business at colleges, schools, that, you know, we feel would be interested in um, yeah. our training services. We've already got people that, you know, kind of want us on board. So it's kind of, I know we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, once you get speaking, um, and we're going to uh, do some uh, big conferences as well, just on um, up-to-date statistics, awareness with professional bodies. So yeah. we've kind of got lots of plans, um, as little scripts and advertisements, as many film clips that are going to be incorporated into our, into our courses. Yeah. So... It gives people, a, a, you know, a, an understanding as well. Um, I think the little visual, like like you said, scripts and videos, they're, they're very effective in getting a message across, I think. You know, like, yeah, they um, are. It, it just as a, a short, powerful thing. It yeah, gets people... Yeah, it goes down the death, death by PowerPoint routine, so um, it kind of wants to do a lot of different interactions. Did you say death by PowerPoint? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, oh, I've sat through those before. Yeah, you've yeah, got to bring life to it, haven't you? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find the interior you always talk together and then it's not the same monitoring yeah. voice all the time. So we're trying yeah. to, you know, we, we have kind of made it interesting. And when we have done some, a few, uh, you know, speaking, um, people have said, oh, they really found it interesting and enjoyable. Because yeah. it wasn't just, we don't, we actually, when we do a talk, we don't have a PowerPoint, we just talk. Of course. And, and the thing is, both of you, you're, it's all about being authentic. Uh, um, and you've not studied I'm well, sorry, you have studied intensively, but I mean, you've not just studied the subject to talk no. about it. You've lived through it. And I think that's, uh, you know, when I talk about alcoholism, you know, I've been through it, so I can yeah. talk about it. When I talk about homelessness, I can go through it because I've, I've, I've been on the front line for five years. So it, 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 people take notice of people who have actually um, been through it and lived through it. And they're the people to take the message out there, I think. Which you, yeah, which you, you and Jodie are going to be great at. We can answer most questions, what people... I mean, they can't turn around and say to you, because um, all the work that I put into this course, it's, it's apart from um, I've used someone else's work and I've got permission from um, a doctor yeah. who's devised a stage thing, and I said, oh, you know, I really can kind of follow what you're doing. I've done yeah. something similar myself, but not exactly like you, but I'm actually pulling her into it because she's um, a doctor of uh, criminology. Um, right. So we are using other people's work and cross-referencing it, but nobody can turn around and say, I've copied this, I've copied that. I've sat down in front of my computer and I've built the whole course from my own mind. Yeah. And obviously Jodie's uh, been at the side of me. <laughs> yes. We talk about it together and I type away. <laughs> yeah. You're a f- formidable team. <laughs> yeah, we're a, good, we're a good little duo together. Yeah. In, in different ways. You know, she'll yeah. say, oh, you forgot that. And then when we speak, we kind of, you know, if I think, oh, she's not said that, then I just kind of, you know, button and say things. So, but it, it just makes yeah. it a bit more interesting, a bit more lighthearted. Even yeah. if it's not a lighthearted subject, we don't want people to be falling asleep. No, and I think, I think it's, um, 
you have to sweeten the pill, don't you? I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a difficult pill to swallow. It's that spoonful of sugar stuff, and it? it's that. Well, that's just. And as well, there's a bit of gallows humour there. You know, like when I work in, you know, very upsetting um, places, like in, you know, like homeless centres and things. There's always this wonderful sort of like gallows humour going around, and it's how people get through it. It's how I get through things. I have to laugh yeah. if I can't. You've got to laugh, haven't you? You know, it's the antidote of it all. The, yeah, um, I mean, when we did this, when we did this, um, you know, speaking at college, it's for an hour and a half. I don't want people to walk away, you know, feeling depressed. I want them to go mm. away thinking, you know what, I kind of, uh, it's hit a nerve there, but I am going to make some changes. Or at least go away knowing where they can go and seek help or not blame themselves. So I do want positivity to come from it. Yeah. You know, as well as awareness. I don't want to sort of, you know, uh, hit triggers and make people feel down. I want them to know exactly who they can go to, which, like, when we go into colleges, there will be numbers. I mean, it won't yeah. be me and Jodie, because, you know, we're not a counselling service, so no. we, will, we will have all the, you know, the correct numbers for them to phone, you know, if they need yes. anyone to talk to or help. And obviously the main one is, if, if anyone wants to call, they call the police. Um, yeah. I don't know if anybody's aware that when they call um, 999 for an emergency, they're in danger. But they can't speak because they're with the perpetrator. If they ring five five straight after, um, right. they do take it as a serious matter to the police and send someone straight out, which is right. not a lot of people know about that. Which I think is a very clever thing. Those things are crucial. Those, yeah. You know that that can that one little tiny bit of information can just save someone's life. Yeah, exactly. So I just think that's a, a, a clever thing yeah. to do. And I, I, I am aware that a lot of police now are being trained in uh, domestic abuse so they can deal with cases uh, more appropriately because obviously yeah. you know um, it's getting so rise now uh, the reports that you know they're kind of got they're going to sort of need more officers to go out and be more educated in that field yeah and I'm sure you and Jodie would be like great at helping them because they do need you know it's, it's people are very quick to not the police but it's a very difficult job you know like um, yeah and they do need that. They need that help and guidance. And I'm sure yeah. that a modern-day police force is going to look to, to use your services, you know. Cause yeah, it, definitely. You well, can tell them where to, how to go about it, can't you? Yeah. You know. We're already in touch with, um, you know, uh, a, a really good uh, superintendent um, called Kelly yeah. Embry, who is doing her utmost to, you know, bring about training um, to police officers to be educating domestic abuse. Um, so we've had meetings and discussions with her and she just thinks, you know, our idea is really good and uh, she'd like to use it in the future. So we do yeah. kind of update them on what we're doing. Um, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, ask her for a little bit of advice, what she thinks and, you know, vice versa. Yeah. So I think, I think in this kind of thing, I think businesses, whether they're delivering training or counselling, should all work together. We're all trying to achieve the same thing. We're all trying to, you know, lower domestic abuse. Yeah. Um, bring about awareness. So I don't, I don't see it as a competitive business. I see it as the more people. Oh no. Yeah, the, yeah. There's none of that. Is there? It's a small. Together we achieve more. You know, the, the more the more people talking yeah. about it, the better. Um, you can't get precious over it, can you? Just every, everyone on the same page is, is how it yeah. works. I think some people, some people may do, but it's just it's not the way you yeah. do it. The more people that we work together with and get advice, which is obviously, you know, what we're doing now, I just think the better, because, you know, no one knows everything about everything, so it's always good to get someone not. else's opinion. Um, yeah. And all of that... Sorry. 
You carry on. Now, if anybody does want to ask any questions, obviously, be giving my email out. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, are interested in our courses that, you know, uh, they can feel free to email us and we'll, you know, kind of give them whatever reply. Yeah. I'm going to get everything off of you um, after okay. this call. I'm going to get all the information. Um, I should put it all on the briefing. So um, uh, when when you click on the link to the podcast, it has all that information there. Um, okay. So people, you know, can follow it up. Um, they can we'll put the information of the, the helplines, as you say, that's not you, but it's we'll steer them in the right direction. Okay. And um, also, we're just, you know, hopefully by these few interviews this week that if someone is out there and they're in this position and they're not almost like they're not sure they're in the position if this makes them realise they are then yeah. hopefully they'll, they'll they'll start to make moves towards you know getting out of it yeah I mean it's only been like you know obviously I'm just doing bullet points of reasons the list of traits and, and what they do is endless and I'm sure yeah. lots of people who have been listening have got loads and loads and loads of things they could add Yeah. Um, and if they want to email me some of their you know ideas or yeah, I'd, be, I'd be extremely grateful um, yeah. obviously we've only got an hour I could write a book probably yeah, yeah. well we've covered you know you've covered a great deal uh, and I'm sure that you know you may I know like from someone <laughs> You know, we always think we've not done enough, but you've really covered, you've been open and frank, and you've covered so much information there. Um, and, and, and as I say, as long as you put the links on after, um, yeah. anyone's looking for it, that at least they've got somewhere to look, you know. Yeah. That's the I thing. Hate it, I just hope it's given um, a little bit of recognition, strength and courage, because um, people aren't on their own. They're amongst millions of people. Yeah. Um, and I hope it's you know given them the the courage to sort of reach out and and become a survivor and not a victim. Oh, I'm sure it is. I can't think of anything better to finish that on. So, yeah. Suzanne, thank you so much. And I know this is only the beginning of what we're going to try and keep going with things. And um, you know, I just want to thank you for for your time and sharing everything with us. Thank you very much. I think there's thank one you. message from me and Jodie to uh, any victim. It's to stay strong and believe in your own self-worth. That's one thing that we always say to everybody, just to yeah. give them a little bit of confidence. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling.